Welcome to the Apawa Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to find out more about our church, visit us on any Sunday or online at opawa.org.nz. Um, I shared this story with our, um, with our uh, uh, men's ministry leadership team on Thursday. Um, and uh, I'm sure I shared it with some of you as well, uh, personally, but I'll share it again because it's quite pertinent to what we're going to be talking about this morning. Um, many years ago, when I was in Bible college, um, uh, twice in the span of time that you're there, they send you out on what they call the DTS, um, which is a, um, a time that you go out into the, world, into the outback of Australia to go to the smaller churches uh, to help the Baptist churches there. So there'll be a team of about four or five of us. So we, we went out to Cowra uh, on this uh, uh, adventure, and, and they told us, some of the guys who had already gone out on these, we call them missions troops, but really they're, they're supporting the churches by doing you know, youth events and stuff like that. Um, they, they warned us, be careful of the food that they will feed you in the homes that they house you. It's not city food, it's country food. Now, we in Australia, unlike, I believe, here in New Zealand, even though I think you guys do have a bit of a, uh, you know, people from Auckland really aren't Kiwis, right? Yeah, especially for those of us here on the South Island, we're like, yeah, they don't understand New Zealand. Um, Where I come from, Auckland's a suburb of Sydney. Um, (laughs) Well, when you think about it, if, if you get the whole population of New Zealand, it's still smaller than the city of Sydney. Sydney now has uh, 5.5 million people in it. Uh, They reckon they'll hit 6 million by sometime in the next two or three years. Uh, That's a large population. And so you get very insular. You think, that's Australia. The moment you cross the Blue Mountains, okay, uh, which is what we call the deadline, you know, the the barrier between us and them, um, you know, it's a different world for us, city folk. And, And it's much like, you know, people from Auckland coming down to the South Island and then driving on roads where there's no traffic. You know, they get, we all get bent out of shape because we've got traffic here. And they say, oh, that's not traffic. You know, but there's all that, also this difference about food and, and the way you eat. And, the, and so the guys at my Bible college were warning me. They were just saying, just watch out. They give you country food there. And uh, while we're driving, we're, we're discussing the merits of what that meant. And some of the guys in the group, they're like, I'm not going to eat anything. There's a McDonald's in Cowra. We're going to go there for breakfast every morning. And I thought, okay, yeah, I can deal with that. But of course, we get to this house, and there was a really nice elderly couple there. And you know, the guy came to me for some reason, pats me on the back. He goes, "I'll make you breakfast in the morning." And the other guys are going, "No, say no, say no." And I couldn't, so I said yes. And um, the other guys were like, "Oh." Um, so I, I, I got up the next morning, and the guys who were with who were sleeping in other rooms, they I could hear them getting into the car and going off to McDonald's. So I came into the kitchen, and there was a bowl on the table. Now, I'm Italian. I grew up in an Italian family, okay? We, we, I mean, breakfast was never a major issue for Italians. It was always coffee. That was your main breakfast food for Italians. We didn't have cereals and toast. In fact, if you try to buy toast bread in Italy, it's really difficult and expensive. Um, so we didn't have this stuff. And so, you know, we're not used to this thing. And I see this bowl there, and the guy yells out from the kitchen, I made you some homemade porridge. The only thing I ever think of porridge is like Goldilocks and the three bears, right? <laughs> I had never had porridge in my life. And I thought, hey, you know what? This is a holistic experience. So I've got to take it all in 
and I'm going to eat some porridge. So I sat down there and I got the spoon and it looked okay. I went in, put it in my mouth and I swallowed it. And I had this very strong sensation that I had just swallowed. You know when you've got a real bad cold and your nose gets all stuffed up? That's what it tasted like to me. I'm sorry. I know you guys grew up with it and I'm not trying to, you know, but it tasted just like it went straight running down my throat and I was like, oh, that was awful. And I looked at the whole bowl and being the guy I am, my dad taught me, you eat everything in front of you and I could just feel his spectra above me just kind of eat. And I was like, oh, oh. And I finished the whole thing. Got home that night after being out and about doing all this work and stuff and the guy comes up to me, he pats me on the back, he goes, I'll make you something different for breakfast tomorrow. And the other guys were laughing in the background, like, what are you going to get tomorrow? I don't know. And, and so next morning, I hear them taking off to, to McDonald's and I slowly trudge into the kitchen uh, and there in the dining room table, there's another bowl. And I look at it and I'm thinking, I bet you this is porridge again. But I looked at it, it was brown. And then he yells out from the kitchen, he goes, I put chocolate in it this time. And, you know, logically, in your mind, you know, chocolate covers many sins, doesn't it? I mean, it really does. And I'm thinking, oh, well, that'll be good. Okay, let's go for this. I can do this. Chocolate. Oh, that should help it a bit. And I took one spoonful, put it in my throat, and it just tasted like chocolate-coated. Yeah. That went down. And it just didn't mix well. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, I'm in serious trouble here. So I... I you know, slowly tried to eat the thing and tried to make as many groans as possible so that maybe tomorrow he won't give me porridge again. But I ate the whole thing and then went out and did my thing. That night, he came up to me and I literally went, you know, <laughs> don't come near me. Yeah. But he gave me a, you know, his arm around me. He goes, Rob, I'll make you something different tomorrow morning. You'll really like it. And, of course, being a, just... I should have said something, but I didn't. Yeah, no problem, okay. The guys again are laughing. Next morning, same situation. They run off to McDonald's. I walk into the, very hesitantly, into the dining room. There's the bowl again, the dreaded bowl. And I thought, he's just, what's he done now? Has he put strawberry in it or something? You can't cover what, you know, to me, it's just not. So I looked at it, and it looked just like the first day. It was just a bowl of porridge. I was like, this doesn't look any different. And then I put my spoon in, and I mixed it around a bit. And what popped out to me looked like, exactly like, you know, a cockroach. And I, I literally screamed like a child. Ah! <laughs> a cockroach! And he, and he yells out from the kitchen, I put dates in it! Oh! I can't do this! And I hear laughter in the kitchen. He and his wife are laughing themselves silly. And they brought out for me a big plate with bacon, eggs, and the whole thing. He goes, Rob, we knew from day one you didn't like porridge. But hey, you know, here you go, buddy. I just wanted to see how long you'd last before you'd say something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can't believe it. But you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, the funny thing is, I never smelt the bacon and eggs as I was going to that bowl. You know why? Because my attention was so much on the bowl that I wasn't taking in everything around me. It had been so focused on the bowl. I mean, once I got the bacon, and I could smell bacon eggs all around me. I was like, I should have known that something else was going on. But I didn't. I didn't. I missed it completely. Because everything about me was so focused. 
Yeah, on the porridge. Who likes to go camping? Dear Lord, we just pray over these people right now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> what, what do you like about camping? Doing nothing. Doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> porridge. <laughs> yeah, only in nature will you find porridge. Oh, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> what else? What do you like about camping? Change of pace. What else? Waking up and hearing the birds, yep. Toasting marshmallows on a fire. Toasting marshmallows on a fire. What else? Smelling fresh air. Smelling fresh air. Being away from the city, nature. Who knows how quiet it is when you're out camping? Not where I go, camp. No, camp. <laughs> it's it's a different sensation, isn't it? Now I'm going to be honest with you guys. Frankly, I don't think there's much difference in the air between here and the mountain. You know, when I come from Christchurch, is not a big city. It's a small town. There's still fresh air here, but yet, why do we feel it more when we're out in the mountain? Because our senses are tuned to it. We realise it. Because in the city, what happens? We're focused on specific things. Is it much more louder in the city than it is in the country? Sometimes. It's different. Our attentions are different. The moment we're in the country, when we're out camping especially, who likes five-star hotels, by the way? Anyone here? Is a, okay, Lord God, we bless them in the name of Jesus. Five-star hotels are the best. You know why? Because they're beautiful clean. You walk in, then you almost become a different person. Has anyone gone into a five-star hotel and you almost change your demeanor when you walk in? You're like, oh, you know, I've got a down bed that's huge with a nice big pillow and oh, look at the bathroom, it's totally clean. Wow, look at everything's in order with the little shit. You know, you, you change the person. Is it any different? It's just your senses are attuned to what's going on around you more. It's the same with our relationship with God. We can get so focused on certain things in our lives that we lose God. We feel like we're not in touch with him. We feel like we're drifting away and we have to go to a special place to reconnect with him. The Catholics understood this very well. Anyone been to Rome? Who's been to Rome? Okay, how do you feel when you walk into a church in Rome? Awed? Overwhelmed? Intense? I had a discussion with an old brethren friend of mine who, the Italian brothers in particular, don't like the Catholics. Um, they see them as heretics and the whole thing. And we got into a discussion about ecclesiology, about what church is. And I said, I think the Catholics have actually got it down right. Because you walk into a church... And you can't help but be overwhelmed by the grandness of who God is. There's one church in particular in Rome called St. Ignatius. Um, beautiful church. You don't even notice it from the outside because it's all kind of messed in with all the terraced houses and stuff. And you walk off this alleyway, you walk in and boom, it's huge, bigger than this. You walk and it's covered in paint. People who have spent hours, days, years painting these things, the detail and you could just stand there and go oh, and you have just lost everything behind you 
as you've walked into this holy space. And all of a sudden, your mind is deeply attuned to who God is. We, we, we lose that sometimes because we don't have what we call sacred spaces. You with me? Does that make sense? We, we lose those sacred spaces. And so we can easily get caught up in life. And weeks later, get up for a breath of air and realize, what has just happened? Where have I been? What have I been doing? I've missed it. It's our connection with God. You know, one person, um, and I can't remember his name. I'm sorry about that, but he said this. Holiness is when we are close to God. Holiness is when we are close to God. And guess when we are close to God? Every moment of the day. Did you know that? Every moment of the day, we are actually close to God. We choose sometimes to step away, but God never does. He still stays close. You with me? Holiness is acknowledging that closeness. Holiness is knowing that God is with me and in me. God is for me and I am for him. Prayer was a great thing that Chris shared this morning. You know why prayer is such a great thing? Because it brings us back to God. Uh, who struggles with prayer? Who's going to be honest here and just put their hand up and struggle with prayer? Why, why do we struggle with prayer? It's distracting? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what else? Concentration? The right way to pray? Yeah, absolutely. What else? It's a battle? Yep, definitely. Time? I'm going to give you some tips. Because one of the things I want to encourage us to be is holy people. We want to be holy people. And the core essence of being holy is knowing how to, tr- or to remain close in your relationship with God. Okay, that is a decision that we make. Okay, that's a decision that we actually have control over. And part of that comes out of prayer. How do we communicate with God? How do we connect with God? And the first thing that I think we need to do um, is acknowledge His presence. Okay, now I've got cards up here, so if you want to write what I'm putting up there, that's great. But I've also got cards here, so you don't need to write it. I can give it to you at the end of the service. But when you come into a time of prayer, when you want to connect with God, the first thing we need to do is acknowledge his presence. Where has he been all day? Has he disappeared from you? When you woke up this morning, did you acknowledge that God was in the room? Did you, did you, did you, did you acknowledge him when you went to bed? Do you know that he's there with you? And after a busy day, especially those, those of us who just work really hard and you go through the day parenting and kids and, and, and study and all that, we could go through a whole day and never acknowledge that God is there with us. We don't, we don't acknowledge his presence. Um, the Bible says in Psalm 46.10, you all know this one, be still and know that I am God. This is not a once a month prescription. It's a daily prescription. Be still and know that he is God. He is God. So when it comes to prayer time and you're struggling for prayer, you know, sometimes the best thing for you to do is just acknowledge that God is there with you. Acknowledge his presence. You don't have to say that. 
You don't have to have some elaborate words to, 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 to talk that out. Just come into a time and be still and know that he is God. You with me? Simple. We can do that at every moment. And there are times when we really need to do it. I know I had some experiences over the last couple of days with my kids where I just have to be still and know that he is God, eh? Amen to that? Oh, they're gorgeous, I know. <laughs> Most probably my wife had to kind of step out because of her husband and think, oh, be still, I know you're God, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we do that out of frustration or just because we're getting really worked up. But we need to do that also in times when we're just lost for words. God's not asking for elaborate prayers. He's just asking for acknowledgement. I'm God. Do you recognize me? Yes, I do. Amen. Another verse. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. He is near. So, we start with step one. Acknowledge his presence. Okay? Step two. Gratitude. Uh, Meister Eckhart said this, he says, if the only prayer you say in your entire life is thank you, that would suffice. It's very simple. And, and, And again, when we get caught up in everything that goes on in our lives, we're worried about how homes and bills and, and kids who go a little bit off the deep end and, and, and family that drives us crazy and, and, and the kids out the front who are hooning around on their cars. We get caught up in all these life things and we forget that our relationship with God has to be on the basis of gratitude. That, that is the core element of our relationship with God. We are thankful for the God that we have. How would you be if God didn't exist? Would you be better off? Imagine how this life would be if we had no hope. If there was no God, a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, an atheist, and I said to him, what's the point of living? And he goes, my point exactly. If I believe that I just, uh, there's no God, there's no point in life. And I said, don't you think that's hypocrisy? And he looked at me, he goes, don't you think you're hypocritical, Rob? I don't know, mate, I've got a lot to be thankful for. If for anything, that I have a God that loves me. Gratitude is the basis of our relationship with God, that he exists, that he is there, that what he's done for us, he doesn't just exist in some high off place, you know, like, like the Grecian Zeus or, or you know, some Buddhist, uh, or not even, they're atheists, but, you know, not like some thing that you've got to attain, you know, that is something far off. God is living here beside us. And when we give our lives to Jesus, he lives inside of us. He's a personal God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah to that. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. My, I've got to be honest with you, I was a bit down this week. I copped a lot of criticism for preaching for way too long, and it was justified criticism. I, I tip my hat to that. But you know, I'm a guy, and I feel pretty down for letting you guys down. And here I am trying to preach a sermon on giving thanks. You know, and then I think, you know, I'm like, I'm grateful for who God is because he always gives me another chance. Give thanks in all circumstances. Praise be to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. Wow, that, that, I love that verse. 
Tell me you don't get excited about that. Tell me that you don't have gratitude for that. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures, what? Forever. So we acknowledge his presence. We acknowledge who God is, and we give thanks. So your prayer doesn't have to be deeply theological, does it? You don't need a degree. You don't even need eloquence in the way you speak. Just acknowledging him that he is there, giving thanks for what he has done. Now, I'm going to go to a, a little bit deeper. If you want to, to go deeper in your prayer life, the next thing you need to do is call what, what, what people call review. You need to review your day. Take a look at how you've been going. What emotions have you shared during the day? Good, bad, who'd you get angry at, why? And where has God been in any of that? Um, when we were at college, they taught us uh, quiet time and, and they, they, they followed uh, a, a very basic pattern. And part of that was just to review your day. When you come home, it's been a long day and, and you're tired. Uh, some of us are overwhelmed. But when we move on to the next day, ignoring what we've gone through in that day. And then we do the same thing the next day. And then we ignore what we've done through that day and we've gone to the next day. By the end of the week, we could be burnt out, overwhelmed, depressed, tired. And part of that reason is because we're not really looking at what we've been going through. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. What have you done during the day? Is there something that needs to be looked at? I find personally reviewing my emotions during the day as being very important because that tells me how I've been feeling. Confused, that, that's pretty often. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes depressed, overwhelmed, sometimes happy, glad, uh, feelings of joy, uh, love. I mean, these are things you feel during the day. Why am I feeling these feelings, Lord? Where are you in all of this? Sometimes I'll go through a whole day and I've, you know, I've got to stop and say, where have you been in this day, Lord? Show me your ways. Show me the way I should go. For to you I lift up my soul. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. Oh, it's great words of wisdom. As we review the day, Lord, where have... Where where have I gone wrong and where have I gone right? Where have I worked within your will? Where have I given myself to you? And where have I given up to the, to the evil one? Where have I given up to sin? Where have I allowed my passions to overflow and not honor you? Review your day. Response. We acknowledge God's presence. We, we acknowledge that he is in our lives. We are grateful for who he is. We look back on our day and then we need to respond. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your paths straight. How will your paths be straight? How will your paths be straight? No? What does it say up there? By how? By acknowledging God's presence, by trusting in Him, by leaning on His understanding, not our own. 
That's how our paths are straight. You know, again, if we allow too many days to go by where we're not connecting with God, where we're not getting close in our relationship with him, we start to make our own path straight. And then we start to wonder why we can't hammer them straight. You know, it gets curvy and it gets this and you, we try to straighten it out more and more. And we realize that the more we go down and then we start to ask questions like, I feel I'm far away from God. I don't hear him. I feel lost. I don't sense. And you start saying these words over time because we're not actually engaged with him. We're not treating him like he is actually right there with us. We're treating him like he's out there. So our response a lot of the times when we are frustrated or when we're upset or when we're uh, angered or is to make our own path straight. When he's calling us to say, hey, do you trust in me? Do you trust in me? For it is God who works in you to will and act in order to what? To fulfill his good purpose. For it is God, not me. Now, what I'm laying out for you here is something that we we need to be doing daily. Daily. Ladies, how often do you like to hear I love you from your husband? How often? Often. Someone would say, I'm not hearing it often enough. Now, because that's a physical relationship, I see my wife, I see my husband, um, I interact with them on a daily basis. Sometimes we take it for granted, don't we? Hey, guys. Someone's saying no. <laughs> Back over there. No, I don't take it for granted, no. I love you, honey. You know, um, but we do sometimes take it for granted. Now, that's just a physical person that we see daily. How much more do you think we take for granted for someone we don't actually see? So how much more intentional do we need to be about maintaining that relationship? You with me? It's hard enough with someone physical to be intentional. How much more difficult is it with someone we don't see? God, I don't see God. For it is God who works in you. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. We renew ourselves in God. Now, the challenge I want to lay at your feet this morning is let's try doing this daily. It's not an invitation. A friend of mine this week who challenged me, what's the difference between a commitment and an invitation? An invitation is an option to say no. A commitment is a challenge to say yes. So I'm going to lay it at your feet. And I want you guys to make that commitment to God. I'm not a great prayer. Prayer, how will we say that? You know, for some of you, you might say, I don't know how to pray. I'm not eloquent with words. But it doesn't take much daily to acknowledge God, does it? Is it difficult? Now, I'm envious of Italy. I'm envious of Rome because I could walk into a building and be connected immediately with God. That's the space. But God's not asking us to go somewhere to connect with him. He's asking us to connect with him daily in who we are, 
and in what we do. Don't be conformed to the world. Don't get so caught up in the world. But be transformed. I would say daily renewing your mind so that you conform to his will, not our, not our own will. And lastly, look to tomorrow. Who is afraid of tomorrow? Honestly. We've got it too good here that we're not afraid of tomorrow. Because the majority of this world is afraid of tomorrow. They don't know if they'll be alive or dead. But it's interesting, when you wake up in the morning and the stock market has crashed, and all your savings now have gone from whatever they were down to nothing, or an earthquake hits and you realise your home is not standing anymore, these are things that happen daily. What, what, what's going to save us? What's going to keep us straight? Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, what? Walk in it. So as I look at tomorrow, I don't look for who I am, my benefits, my work, my this, my that. I look to what has God got in store for me tomorrow? What, what do you want from me, Lord, tomorrow? Who has ears to listen? Walk this way. Has anyone heard that? Has anyone physically heard God calling you to walk this way? Do we need to go out into the mountains to hear it so it's quieter there, where the air is fresh? We can hear it here. we just got to get our minds attuned to it. It's like the porridge. I'm so focused on the porridge, I'm not smelling the bacon. Which is crazy, isn't it? I mean, bacon's bacon. I mean, I smell that from a mile away. But you get so attuned that you miss the fragrant smell of who God is. You hear his small, still voice. You miss it. And this is a great prayer that Paul says at the end of Hebrews here. He says, as it come through, May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him, through Jesus Christ, to whom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Ah, doesn't that just encapsulate everything? If you're a Christ follower, those words must be pulling heartstrings. They must be pulling heartstrings. So, the challenge for us to be holy isn't something that we put on. It isn't how we brush our hairs or how much we might know theology, but how close are we keeping our love, attention, fellowship with the Lord God Almighty? How attuned are you to Him in your life? I know a lot of you here are. We're an exceptional church in that regard. But I know a lot of us also struggle with it. So the challenge... On a daily basis, commitment, not an invitation, acknowledge God. Just acknowledge Him. You could be in the car, anywhere. You could be having a cup of coffee. Just, Lord, You are my God. I acknowledge You. I acknowledge You here. Acknowledge His presence. Be grateful that you have hope. Many of which in this world do not. There is no hope. 
We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Thank you, God, that you are a father in heaven that cares about me, that loves me so much that you're giving up your son for me, that you've given me hope, gratitude. Review yourself. See where you're at. Where are you going right? Where are you going wrong? Where is God playing out in your life? Are you seeking his will or your own will? Review your days daily. Because if you let too many days go by, you know what's going to happen? You're going to miss it. And it's just going to accumulate day after day after day after day. And then respond to that. What is it that God is showing you daily? What is God showing you daily? Uh, you might have heard that, that story about the guy who's, who, who, there's a big flood that comes in and the flood waters are rising and he jumps up on the roof of his house and a guy with a helicopter comes to, to pull him out. You heard that story, right? And he says, no, 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 God's going to save me. And then, you know, the guy goes away, then another helicopter comes, hey, we're going to pull you up. And, and no, 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 God's going to save me. And then another helicopter comes, no, 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 God's going to save me. The water's come, he drowns, he goes to heaven. Lord, where were you? I sent you three helicopters. What, what's going on? What do you want me to do? <laughs> you know? And I bet you that man did not have a close connection with God. He wasn't reviewing where he was at with him. He wasn't responding to where God wanted him to be. He had his own path. Gratitude, presence, gratitude, review, respond. And look to tomorrow. For may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with every good, uh, everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, our Lord, Savior, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Ask the worship team to come up. I just got some smiles. No, I didn't mean the worship team. I meant the singing team. Because we've been worshiping God this whole time, right? Amen. And they're going to lead us in another form of worship. So be challenged and make a commitment. This is not optional. Don't think of it as an optional extra. You know, my car runs fine the way... It, no, you need to put the oil in. You need to... It's, 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 it's not an option. You want to grow strong in the Lord. You want to have deep roots in Him. Make the commitment to connect with Him daily. And you know what? Your prayer lives will change. Your prayer lives will change. I guarantee that.